0: The most trusted source for top-to-bottom coverage of everyone's favorite mid-90s animated program, Gargoyles! I am your host, Liz Zirkle.
1: I, on the other hand, am your host, Daniel Williams, and we, together, are here to discuss another episode of Gargoyles Season 3. Today we're talking Episode 6, The Dying of the Light. What a title. <laughs> Feels very emo. Yeah. Is this a Fallout Boy song title? (laughs) It's not long enough, I guess. That's true. So this episode, it aired October 26th, 1996. As with all of season three, it was directed by Charles Bastion, and I'm going to bring it up every time, even though it doesn't need to be said. And it was written by newcomer to Gargoyles, pretty late in the game here, Julia Jane Lewald. Lewald is... It doesn't matter. She only wrote this one episode.
0: I feel like there's a lot of those this season where it's just like a one and done person.
1: Yeah, like they kept trying to pass them off to new people because a lot of the old people dropped out. They're like, no, this isn't going very well for us. I don't want this on my resume anymore. (laughs) Well, she's no stranger to writing for animation. She started all the way back in 1989 with Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Nice. She wrote episodes of Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, Goof Troop, X-Men the Animated Series,
0: Oh,
1: Dog City. Do you remember Dog City? I don't. I was with you with all of those until that. <laughs> I don't know what the hell Dog City is, but let's see. Men in Black, the cartoon series, RoboCop, Alpha Commando. Then we get into the 2000s and I wasn't watching animation anymore. Horseland? I don't know what it is, but I hate it. (laughs) Well, before we get into it, listeners, it's that time in the show where we ask you to leave Defenders of the Night a five-star rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. If you don't, they will surely come for you, and you know who they are. We all know. The ghosts and the horses. The ghost horses are the worst of them all. So, you know, protect yourself and leave us a sweet-ass review. Yeah. All right, Liz, take us to Castle Wyvern.
0: Okay, well, we have Hudson. And he's having a nightmare. Have we ever learned that they, like, dream while they're in stone state? It sounds
1: vaguely familiar, but I can't remember anything specific. I just feel like maybe it's happened before. Oh,
0: well. So Hudson is in his stone form and is having a nightmare of the battle with Archie, the Archmage. And that's when he gets his ice scar.
1: According to this episode, but I don't remember that happening there
0: they really like to add details from that specific time and battle I feel like this benefits our story now
1: so you don't remember it being this way either
0: no and that would have been a year plus ago for us so you know but it's like he's having stress dreams about his eyes the same way that like I get stress dreams where like I lose my teeth
1: (laughs) I don't understand seeing it this way as being a thing that could happen In the dream, he gets blasted with some magic or shit, and then his eye is just immediately scarred. Now, I've gotten a few scars in my days, and that's not how it works. (laughs) But I've never been shot with magic. So, I don't know. Maybe Archie hit him with a scar spell. (laughs) Also, I didn't know that he couldn't see out of that eye.
0: I didn't either. I assumed it was just, like, not, like, Robotech, but I just assumed he had something special or was, like, a built-in contact or something. Like, I didn't know it literally had no sight from that eye.
1: Well, I didn't think anything like that because where would he have gotten it? But I just assumed that it was maybe blurry or maybe the eye flesh was scarred, but they gave us no indication that he was blind in one eye.
0: Given those details very late in the game.
1: Yeah, I don't think we need him to be honest, but okay.
0: But it fits this storyline, I guess.
1: So he wakes up and apparently this is a recurring nightmare situation and he's too damn stubborn to talk to any of his pals. He's giving guff to Goliath, when Goliath comes up and he's like, hey, buddy, you all right? Since when is Hudson so stubborn he doesn't want to talk about stuff? I've always thought of him as like the elder statesman gargoyle, you know, the wise and learned one that knows when it's important to open up. Yeah,
0: like if anything, I feel like Goliath would be the one who doesn't want to talk things out. Way more than Hudson. Like, I get it. Like, he's aging and he's feeling sensitive and feeling like he's not going to be able to do his job anymore or whatever. That he's unneeded. But this whole episode, the way that they portray Hudson, didn't really sit well for with me.
1: There are some moments where he just, he lashes out and it feels very unusual. Yeah. And from there, we, we move over to some kind of Unitarian church basement, I'm guessing.
0: That are like a rec room at like a Y or something like that.
1: We see a group meeting to discuss gargoyle tolerance. And Liz, you may not have recognized this voice, but the voice of James, it's the same person that voices Pinky from the classic Warner Brothers cartoon, Pinky and the Brain.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: Also voices Yakko from the Animaniacs.
0: I did know that those two are the same person. He's on TikTok. Oh, is he?
1: <laughs> I read that he voiced Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the OG from when I was a kid.
0: That was a good one, too.
1: It was a favorite of mine when I was a child. A little bit of trivia for you.
0: But we see them having this meeting and they're discussing, like, do we reach out to the gargoyles to tell them that we want to be friends? Do we, like, communicate and then let them reach out to Uh, It's like, what's the best way to handle this? And I was like, oh, my God, there are other people other than Dreamboat and Matt that don't totally suck ass in this city.
1: (laughs) There's at least a dozen, it looks like.
0: Yeah, that's great. Except not so great because somehow the quarrymen immediately come across these people and they're like, you're either with us or you're against us.
1: We see one quarry man Mm. and he's in full hooded regalia wandering the streets with an electric sledgehammer. And it's weird that nobody calls the cops or does anything about this. Right. How is this allowed to just happen?
0: Yeah, I don't get it. Like, I feel like a lot recently it's been like, whoever the bad guy is, is just being big, bad, and obvious, and no one bats a fucking eye. And then eventually the police get involved. <laughs> like, how did it even get this far?
1: How are they allowed to continue walking the streets, man? <sighs> so as you said, it is not just this one quarry man. It is a whole gang and they go to town on this peaceful church group because, you know, evil dudes in hoods. The times never change and Bob Dylan was wrong.
0: Well, and my question here is they start using their electro hammers on the door. And I'm like, guys didn't even try to use the handle. Like you could have just opened the fucking door and then caused a ruckus. But they're like, no, we must be loud and dramatic and beat down the door.
1: (laughs) You sweet summer child. Apparently, you're unfamiliar with the idea of terrorism.
0: <laughs> but I feel like you can be a terrorist and, and not use up all your energy to get through a door that you could literally just open with the handle.
1: <laughs> yeah, but Liz, that's the idea. The fear is part of it. Yeah. Mm, that tasty. You want to eat it all up. All that fear of those poor innocent people that are stuck in a basement. Liz, I mention it later in my notes, but there is one entrance slash exit in this basement. First of all, not up to fire code. Second of all, there's nowhere for these people to run.
0: Yeah, that is actually really scary.
1: Well, at least we don't have to see the slaughter of innocence because we instead cut back to Castle Wyvern.
0: Hudson finally voices a thing that we've been saying forever and ever. Why don't they have a better TV when when Deluxe has all the money in the world?
1: You know, the TV would maybe work a little bit better if he stopped hitting it so much. <laughs> Violence is not the same as a remote, you crazy old fool. Anyway, the TV shuts off, and Hudson stares at his reflection in the screen, and suddenly his vision goes blurry, huh? And you know, I appreciate that we're getting to the plot of this episode pretty early. I don't believe it. My eye. My good eye. This can't be
0: happening. (sighs) All Hudson hasn't seen clearly for a month now.
1: But I've been too stubborn to admit it, or too scared. It's okay to be scared,
0: right? Oh, yeah. Like, you don't know what's happening. Like, losing your eyesight sounds utterly terrifying if you don't know or expect it. That is a legit fear for a lot of people, so I
1: get it. But, you know, dude, you got to be open with your family. They can't help you if you keep all this stuff a secret.
0: Right. And literally, like, they have never given any indication that, like, if you're suddenly unable to do your rounds as a gargoyle that you're, like, kicked out or something.
1: I mean, look at Goliath. Half the time, he's just hanging around at home.
0: (laughs) Reading his reading books. reading books, yeah. It's okay, Hudson. You can ask Dreamboat to get you some audiobooks.
1: Exactly. So while Hudson is talking to Bronx, the only one that he feels he really connects with, Lex pops in and he just does it in a weird way. He's kind of perched up on the a little ledge on the wall. What the? Why are you always perching, Lex? Yeah, like, so
0: instead of just walking in the door, that means he had to have walked in, hopped up there, and then go, hey, Hudson? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but... <laughs> well,
1: and then he hops to the other ledge on the other side of the door. You're like, hop, hop.
0: I can't stand still.
1: <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Maybe, you know, he's got some, like, an anxiety disorder, or maybe he's got ADHD. And he's always moving around, you know? <laughs>
0: He doesn't have anything to, like, tinker with, so he has to just move.
1: <laughs> yeah, that could be it.
0: But anyway, somehow he didn't hear Hudson's whole monologue. <laughs> and he's just like, well, hey, time to gather with everyone else. Or
1: maybe he did, and he was like, hey, that was none of my business, so I'm just going to ignore it.
0: You know, I honestly, I honestly thought he was going to say something like that. Like, hey, I didn't mean to overhear, but I'm here for you if you need it.
1: That would have been nice. So Lex comes in to tell Hudson that Dreamboat's got some info. And so they go outside and the gang is hearing about the recent attack on the church group by the quarrymen or the rec center group, whatever. I maintain it's a Unitarian church. Probably. I've been in one or two in my day and they're all just kind of like the entire building is a rec center (laughs) (laughs) or they don't have like a physical building. So they're in the basement of some other place. Mm -hmm. Unitarians, you're fine. You're fine. (laughs) And the group was attacked. And Goliath, he's shocked that humans were attacking humans. Like, buddy, that's what we do. That's
0: literally what you've been protecting the other humans from for how many years now? You patrol your area to protect humans from other humans.
1: That's the history that our entire species is built on, (laughs) attacking each other. But
0: I don't know. This is yet another moment In this season, where Goliath is just so angry, slamming his fist and like, dude, why are you so aggressive this season?
1: So the survivors of this attack, they've all been transported to Manhattan Medical, along with one of the quarrymen that I guess got cracked in the noodle with his own hammer. (laughs) Oh, that's
0: karma, bitch. I mean,
1: these guys are idiots, so it's not beyond the realm of possibility. I don't know how else he gets sent to the hospital. (laughs) When we go to see him, he's got his head wrapped in some bandages. I maintain that someone smacked him in the face with their stupid electro hammer. Friendly
0: fire on each other. Yeah.
1: Now, (laughs) Hudson thinks that the best course of action in this circumstance is to go fucking sores out, attack this dude in the hospital. (laughs) Just Stab an unconscious guy. Get him.
0: Because, <laughs> you know, let's feel that fire from the other quarrymen and they'll use him as a martyr and, <laughs> and go balls out getting the
1: gargoyles. Put your balls away. <laughs> Why did men. they design the uniforms that way? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little hole that only the balls could hang out. Oh. They don't call them quarrymen for nothing. Balls out. Balls <laughs> out. Luckily, the leader of this group, Goliath, recognizes Hudson's plan is a horrible idea. (laughs) And the second in command, you know, Brooklyn is like, hey, listen, we appreciate that you are contributing to the discussion, but maybe we could do something a little more quiet, a little more discreet. Maybe look for evidence at that rec center slash church basement. And I appreciate Brooklyn stepping up and taking that kind of second-in-command role, but evidence of what?
0: (laughs) Right, they know for a fact the men did it. Like, what are you looking for?
1: What are we expecting to find?
0: Maybe evidence of who's underneath the hoods? Yeah. Well, Dreamboat's pager goes off, and the goon who's in the hospital is awake enough that they can go question him. And Angela's like, hey! For reasons, can I come with you? I promise I'll be quiet and not attack anyone like Hudson suggested.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she side-eyes Hudson. She's like, "I'm going to be quiet about things." Hudson.
0: <laughs> I kind of like it when like we see a bit more of Angela's personality pop out like that. <laughs> I've got an
1: idea, and it's quiet. <laughs> so the scene ends with Hudson Disappointed that he couldn't stab a dude (laughs) just staring pensively at the New York City skyline as Goliath again attempts to get a feel for what the fuck is going on with Hudson. And Hudson's not very forthcoming. Goliath is like, hey, what's wrong, old friend? And Hudson's like, don't fucking call me old. And he just storms off.
0: (laughs) Then he's like, is there nowhere to have peace in this building?
1: That's not what I meant in that situation.
0: Yeah, he's just like, you're my buddy. And you've been my buddy for a long time. I just want to know what's going on. Like, can't I care for you? Sure, I'm
1: 1,500 (laughs) years old, but that doesn't make me old. What? Okay. (laughs) Wasn't trying to insult anybody. Okay, Liz, we cut to a very stupid scene at the Manhattan Medical. Dreeboat is trying to get info from the Quarryman guy who was sent to the hospital, and he's not cooperating. Quick question. Why isn't this dude cuffed to the bed or something?
0: Yeah, he he seems widely free. They later have him like strapped to a bed. But yeah, you would think there at least be a handcuff.
1: Yeah, there is a guard outside the room, but he is just kind of lounging, hands folded behind his head, chilling the fuck out. (laughs) He doesn't care what Dreamboat wants and he's not cooperating. And she's like, okay, dude, then I guess it's prison for you. And he still doesn't care. He shrugs his shoulders and she tries to leave the room. But she Columbo's her way back in. Oh, listen, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you about. Uh, You know, Gary, you got to believe that the gargoyles are pretty ticked off at you, too. If they find you before the police do, (laughs) well, jail starts to sound pretty good. (laughs) Is she saying... If the gargoyles find him before the police do, is that what she's suggesting? Because the cops already have him. Is he not under arrest right this second? Yeah, that was a little weird. If they get you before we do, we've got you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I understand what she was doing, but it didn't quite add up and make sense. She worded things confusingly, but regardless.
1: Yeah, she's trying to scare him. We get that. But like if I was that guy, I'd be like, how much more are you going to get me? Could they get me in between you having gotten me and then maybe they get me and then you get me again? How is this supposed to work?
0: Well, so from there, we we see Angela swooping into a different hospital room, though. And she is visiting the people from the church and she's like, hello, so happy you want to be my friend.
1: Yeah, she's visiting. It's the redheaded woman. She's the one that was admitted because James is just hanging out. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Angela's just there to to say thanks. Now, I have a question. Was this her quiet plan? What was her plan?
0: She's there to say hello to them, but she purposely flew by Goon's room. To, like, freak him out a little bit. But she knew she wasn't going to, like, talk to him or interact with
1: him. That was the plan?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because Dreamboat's like, oh, don't want them to get you first. And then she, like, swoops by as if she's going to come get him. That's it. I think that's it. Because that's what triggers him to finally call someone. Okay. Okay. <laughs> said it was a quiet plan she never said it was a good plan
1: but it worked did it work (laughs) what was the intended outcome of this plan
0: i don't know dreamboat wanted him to fucking call someone that's what she was making it sound like i don't understand like i don't
1: understand i think you're just trying to explain the way that this thing doesn't make any sense and you're like well uh let me let me help him along (laughs) i think you're doing more work than they are (laughs)
0: But that's the only thing that could possibly make sense because she's like threatening, like, oh, they might come get you. And then he sees Angela swooping by his room. I don't know why that's enough to scare him when literally he is a quarry man who is like, get me the gargoyle so I can destroy them. So you think he would uh, like knowing she's nearby so he could get her? I don't know.
1: If this was the plan, it was stupid. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. This is ridiculous. <laughs> the plan is to give him a little spook. Yeah to what end. <laughs> uh, well, then I you know, he'll be um well, I'm just going to leave this room right now. <laughs> and she does.
0: She does, but then she gives her cell phone to the guard and she's like, "I think he's going to want to make a phone call soon." And
1: she like looks all proud of herself. That's not what happened, Liz. He yells about wanting to make his call. Oh. Yeah, after he sees
0: Angela fly by. He
1: wants his one phone call, which is a thing presumably he would have asked for anyway. Having been arrested. (laughs) So she gives the uniform guard her personal cell phone.
0: Yeah, that seemed really weird.
1: Yeah. And that in turn allows our hospitalized goon to make a call to... Another goon where he says, get back to that wreck set and now if we left any evidence, I'm fried. And this is more nonsense about evidence, Liz. The quarryman attacked a group of people. There were eyewitnesses. This goon is wearing a quarryman uniform and was found at the scene of the crime. What other evidence does this fuckwit think the cops need? (laughs) You were kind of caught red handed, dude. What do they need to get you? They got you. You were caught with your balls out. Yeah, you were caught balls out, as all quarrymen do. They do balls out. It's like the main thing we know about the quarrymen. You could do a lineup of just balls. Be able to pick them out. Of a ball lineup. Gross. That would be the worst day of my life.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I feel like, you know, this whole, like, oh, must go find evidence is just a a very thinly veiled reason to move the plot so they all get to the rec room again.
1: Yeah, they're not even trying anymore, these writers. It's such a bummer. So the rec center that you spoke of, we go there. Hudson is checking for evidence (laughs) and his vision starts acting up he sees random figures coming down the stairs and he's like hey guys any luck with all that evidence we need to collect of course it's the quarrymen with laser blasters liz do you want to know how i know how because even blurred they're shaped very differently than gargoyles for one no wings (laughs) and they're a little shorter they're not eight feet tall yeah
0: god damn it especially because he's specifically with broadway who is
1: giant oh so much bigger than any fucking quarryman (laughs) and they walk differently their gates down the stairs would be wildly different okay so now hudson is in a fight with a few quarrymen there's like three against one i think here not a fair fight and the quarrymen have their evil guy laser blasters and Hudson's just having a rough go of it, you know behind cover, he decides that if tonight's a good day to die, God damn it, he's taking some of these quarry motherfuckers with him, yeah, shit, yeah, he might be stubborn, but he's still a badass. <laughs>
0: Like, if, if I die, I'm going down swinging. That's why
1: Hudson is the best.
0: So he pulls his trusty sword out and just like literally blindly just <laughs> runs out towards the men and starts attacking.
1: Yeah, it took a little too long for Broadway to show up in this fight, considering all the laser blasting that's happening. It's a small room. Where is Broadway? Where is he searching for clues right now? How does he not hear this sooner?
0: Way to let down your partner.
1: So this fight only really ends because one of the quarrymen's laser guns runs out of laser juice. (laughs) Like, I've never seen this happen before, where the laser blasters just stop working. (laughs) Like, ah, I need a battery backup. I'm out of juice.
0: (laughs) But it makes them all run away.
1: Good. Fuck these guys. And did they... Destroy the evidence. I don't know. Was it the chalkboard? Is that the evidence that we needed to get rid of? <laughs> Broadway notices that Hudson got hurt a little bit in this fight and he wants to take him back to the eerie. Why are we calling Castle Wyvern the eerie all of a sudden? I don't know. It happens so many times in this episode. I've heard it once or twice before. and I'm like, no, no, we don't do that. But they're really trying to push it here.
0: I wonder why.
1: I don't get it, and I don't like it. It's
0: Castle Wyvern, or it's uh, Xanadu Industries. (laughs) Those are the only allowed names.
1: Xanadu International.
0: (laughs) Hudson, instead of accepting the help, is like, Fuck you! I'm fine! I can do it! Leave me alone! And then just, like, takes off.
1: And we head back to Castle Wyvern, Broadway's beating himself up for not going after Hudson. After all, you know, there are quarrymen everywhere and they don't turn to stone during the day. So if they found Hudson, well, Hudson would be totally fucked. And this is when Goliath offers up a little bit of hypocritical wisdom.
0: We must respect that Hudson is a warrior and proud. He will return to us when he's
1: ready. Hey Liz, remember a couple weeks ago when Brooklyn went off alone? And Goliath got, like, super pissed at him. Yep. What the fuck? Is Brooklyn not a warrior?
0: Right. And that's literally why I was like, what the hell? When that did happen. I'm like, this happens every other episode. Someone doesn't make it back on time. Why do we think Hudson's more capable than Brooklyn?
1: He's apparently only got one working eye.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Hudson, he goes off and he's just at a random location. Doesn't really matter. And... He's like, we're going blind. This is not great.
1: You know, maybe if he'd said something to his clan a little sooner, someone could have helped. But now it's too late, and he can't even see an ad break when it's right in front of him. Boom! Here!
0: Will Jack the gym-loving male nurse hottie managed to win the heart of the spunky blue-haired web designer Maggie? Join us to discover if this unlikely pair will have their happily ever after or fizzle out in the end. Love and Lust Season 1 is available for your listening enjoyment now at CalamityCast.com or anywhere you find podcasts.
1: Liz, did you see it coming back? You didn't even see it. It came back so fast. We're back from the break. Oh my gosh. Maybe you're going blind too. Oh God. We're back at Castle Wyvern. Nothing worth seeing happen during the day, so we come back from the break as the sun sets and the gargoyles all angrily wake up, you know, like they do. Rawr. Dreamboat's just kind of standing there waiting for all of them to wake up so she can tell the gargoyles that the quarryman goon is going to be transported to Rikers Island in the morning. Now, Captain Pantsuit isn't too worried about the other quarrymen attempting to spring this guy, but Dreamboat, she disagrees. <laughs> and I know I'm probably wrong, but I kind of agree with Pantsuit here. I mean... This goon doesn't seem to be anyone important or particularly smart because, as I said, I'm pretty sure he smacked himself in the face with his hammer. <laughs> so if I was in charge of the quarryman, I'd leave his dumb ass to go to prison. I don't know anyone that would be stupid enough to spring him. There are plenty of cowardly racist suckers out there. You
0: would think, but
1: <laughs> turns out Dreamboat's actually right in this situation. Well, Goliath isn't even worried about the goddamn quarryman because he wants to find Hudson.
0: He just wants to make sure his old buddy, Whoa! old Whoa! buddy...
1: Don't you dare call Hudson old. Uh,
0: (laughs) Well-seasoned.
1: Like a stick.
0: From there, we move somewhere familiar that we haven't been in quite some time. The home of Jeffrey Robbins.
1: Yeah, so Hudson stopped by. I'm assuming to say something like, hey, you're blind. What's that whole thing like? (laughs) That's what happens in this scene, right?
0: Shockingly, No instead Hudson for some reason thinks he needs to say goodbye just because you're going blind doesn't mean you're going to die dude like what the fuck do you think is gonna happen
1: well he's not gonna be able to fly around anymore so he's not gonna be able to see his buddy that's true that presumably he visits all the time it sounds like they have a way stronger relationship that we've seen yeah we've seen Jeffrey Robbins twice before but they sound like they're really tight like maybe Hudson stops by once a week And Jeff, he's really not too concerned with it. He's like, sure, that's no big deal, but you can't leave without one more glass of piss. I mean, iced tea. (laughs) I don't know what Jeff thinks he's serving here, but this pitcher of pale yellow liquid is not iced tea.
0: I was so confused when he said iced tea, but that was definitely a pitcher of lemonade.
1: (laughs) And then Hudson's like, oh yeah, great. Another iced tea. Fool me once, Jeff. Shame (laughs) on you. I'm not drinking this again.
0: (laughs) Jeff realizes that he's losing his eyesight because he couldn't see the glass until he turned a light on and it made it glow.
1: Yeah, No, Jeff, I just don't want to drink any more of your piss water. <laughs> Nothing to do with the light. It's weird that this 100% blind man knew this was the scenario right now. You couldn't even see it till I turned on the light. What? How do you know? <laughs> Maybe I just didn't want it.
0: Uh, yeah, Jeffrey figures out a lot of things. I'm like, well, all right, I guess that makes sense that he would notice that somehow.
1: <laughs> okay. Je- Jeff wants to help his very close friend, Hudson. So he calls his ophthalmologist pal in the middle of the night and makes an appointment for 30 minutes from now. <laughs> it's nighttime. <laughs> what? But
0: it works. And Hudson is like, but I'm a gargoyle.
1: No, 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 no. That's not what happens, Liz. Hudson gets angry. He's like, no, she can't help me. I'm not like your other friends. And then that's when Jeffrey Robbins lets us all know that he knows that Hudson is a gargoyle. He's like, oh, why? Because you're a gargoyle. And he shouts into the phone, that's right, my friend is a gargoyle. Y'all got a problem with that? And everyone is just being weirdly aggressive for no reason. Like, (laughs) Jeff, calm down. Hudson, calm down. Why are we all shouting about this? (sighs) What, you don't have eyes because you're a gargoyle? (laughs) (laughs) Jeff.
0: And and he's like, how'd you know, Jeff? He's like, well, you smell like leather and concrete,
1: (laughs) you stink weird. He also says the accent. Like, (laughs) what? He's met other gargoyles that don't have the accent. Also,
0: it's just Scottish. Does he think all Scotsmen are gargoyles?
1: Yes, he does.
0: (laughs) Uh, But then he's also angry. Hudson would be scared to tell this truth to him. And he's like, don't you dare fucking think I'm a bigot.
1: (laughs) Don't presume me to be a bigot, sir.
0: (laughs) He's like, oh, okay. Yeah,
1: Hudson is uh, shamed. As he should be. It's shitty to just assume that someone's going to be a bigot towards you.
0: Especially when they haven't done anything to make it seem like they would be. Yeah,
1: you can't know for sure unless someone pulls laser guns out at you. (laughs) That's a pretty good tell. So we cut to Manhattan Medical. Liz, they drove from Jeff's Seaside Mansion to Manhattan Medical in 30 minutes. (laughs) Now, I know it's nighttime. Yes. But when the doctor arrives, it's only like 1045, which doesn't really seem that late for New York City. Yeah. And I'm beginning to think that this show about ancient Dragon Man is a little unrealistic.
0: (laughs) Especially when it comes to
1: traffic. Where does Jeffrey live that he made it here in 30 minutes? That's also by the ocean. Right? Seaside. (laughs) Waves lapping at his backyard. (laughs) And they actually beat the doctor there. Well, she had to get all dressed up for them. Not in jammies or like sweats or anything you might expect. In a skirt and heels and fucking lab coats. That was the most important piece. <laughs> it would have been great to have seen her in like just a long flannel nightgown and some big puffy slippers and her lab coat. <laughs> She's like, no, I was about to to tuck in for the night, but I guess I'm going to do doctor shit now.
0: <laughs> I feel like eye doctors don't normally just have overnight hours the way that like a doctor at the hospital on call would.
1: This all seems really nitpicky. I know, but it's so Wrong and dumb, I just couldn't help but stop and type out paragraphs. I mean, come on. Come on! (laughs) And it doesn't get any better, Liz. It only gets worse.
0: Well, she's just so fucking excited. She's like, hell yeah, I get to work on a gargoyle. This is so great. Granted, I don't know anything at all about how your body works, but let's see if we can figure some shit out.
1: And I'm thinking maybe they should call up Deluxe, who certainly does know at least a little bit about gargoyle physiology, but whatever. (laughs) Deluxe can be useful <laughs> in so many situations, he's just underutilized constantly. Agreed. He might not know anything about ophthalmology, but he knows some shit about gargoyles.
0: He also knows shit about like everything technology-wise. Like I feel like he could have just been like, oh, you want better vision? Cool, let me make you some eyeballs.
1: That's a little bit horrifying to think of Deluxe scooping out Hudson's organic eyeballs, though.
0: <laughs> well, he could use the fake one. The one he's already blinded. It's not
1: fake, Liz. It's his real eye.
0: Well, he, it's, it's just, like, it, ha, he, it has, like, a thing. Like, not just a scar. Like, he has something over there.
1: It's just yellow. What are you talking about? Well,
0: why is it yellow? Because it was damaged. Okay, fine. Then just scoop that one. It's already damaged. You're not going to make it any worse.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> that... <laughs> just scoop his fucking eye out. He can't see out of it anyway. What's... Why is everyone acting so weird about it? Let's experiment on Hudson. <laughs>
0: oh well anyway instead Mm -hmm. random doctor does what she can and she's like hey this is totally normal we can fix you right up
1: she's like hey at least nobody else is in the hospital this late so no one should bother us (laughs) cue some fucking dickhead literally right behind them right he's right there (laughs) what do you mean nobody you're in the same frame together
0: It was like she had tunnel vision and like they're turning a corner and he's like already going like straight down the hallway. But she's like so hyper focused that she doesn't see anyone over here. And she's like, yeah, we're all alone. We're fine.
1: The guy's like, (laughs) Like hey, doc, nobody else around. Can't wait to cut open a gargoyle. (laughs) It turns out that this dude isn't just regular hospital staff. He's a goddamn quarry man. Yep. So he runs straight to injured quarryman's room which apparently doesn't have a guard posted this late at night. That seems like a mistake. Yep. Also, Corey Mangoon was asleep and this guy just barges in? (laughs) And here's one more thing, Liz. This dude has apparently been booked, tried, and convicted of a crime and sentenced because he is headed from the hospital tonight to prison. He's going to prison. (laughs) Rikers Island is a prison. Yes. But there are no cops around? (laughs) What? (laughs) Maybe
0: he was on like a pee break or something, but that makes no sense. Like, literally none of this makes any sense. There should be probably an armed guard.
1: There should probably be a couple cops.
0: Yeah. I would imagine anytime there's an actual prisoner in a regular public hospital, there are several cops (laughs) chilling.
1: Cops love standing around waiting for someone to shoot. Yep. But
0: yet again, this guy isn't cuffed to the bed. No. They're not even trying.
1: They're really not. Fucking hospital goon comes in. He's like, psst, hey, I think I just saw a gargoyle. Let's go kill this guy. (laughs) So we got to go back to the, the eye clinic. And I guess eye tests on gargoyles don't take that long to complete. Because when we get back to the clinic, the doctor is ready to present Hudson with her findings.
0: Look, Hudson, there's nothing I can do about your left eye. And you're presenting all the classic symptoms of early stage glaucoma in your right eye.
1: So it's all over for me then, eh?
0: Hello there. Glaucoma is rough, but it's controllable. You're gonna be fine if you're willing to fight it.
1: Glaucoma, Liz. Yep. No, I don't actually know what that is, and naturally, I will do no research. But from what I understand, cannabis helps. Really? Which means that from now on, Hudson is gonna be high as fuck, and I think that'd be a great change to the show. (laughs) Hudson's just always fucking stoned. I did
0: not know pot helps with that.
1: You know, the more you know. In addition to smoking trees all night, every night, Hudson's going to need some minor surgery, which they're going to do right now. <laughs> the doctors needs to go find her colleague and they're going to tag team fucking gargoyle eye surgery. Yeah, they apparently have a surgery bed right there <laughs> behind a curtain. Just behind the curtain. It's like midnight. <laughs> Why is your colleague hanging out in the closed ophthalmologist office? It's not an ICU.
0: None of this makes any sense.
1: So, just a minor surgery's happened now. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, Hudson is ready for it. He's like, if you think you can help me, this is great. And Jeff's like, hey, buddy, like, don't you think you should reach out to your friends to like so they know you're safe and that you're going to probably be with me for a couple days while you recoup? He's like,
1: nah. He gets really <laughs> like shouty about it again, you know? They start arguing, and Jeff gets way more heated than I would have expected from him, but... Hudson is like, gargoyles need to defend the castle or die trying and I can't do that blind. And I can't remember specifically what Jeff said, but he basically calls Hudson on his shit, you know?
0: The way it's happening doesn't make any sense, but like, I feel like it's a good thing Jeff is calling him out because Hudson's making bad choices. But the shoutiness is weird.
1: The shoutiness is weird. And also, Hudson, you're like a minute away from getting corrective surgery. Right. You're not going to be blind for very long. Yeah. Just while you recover. I mean, Jeff's not wrong, but also Jeff doesn't need to be calling you out and calling you like a coward or whatever. It's a strange tone shift.
0: They're just, you know, that type of friends.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then when the doctors come in, it's kind of like, oh, everything's fine. We weren't just shouting at each other. What?
0: But these two are weird also. Like, they're so, like, giddy over the idea that they get to dig into his eye.
1: Oh, yeah. They are so excited to cut open that gargoyle eyeball, man. Let's rock, Dr. B. I'm
0: like, oh, God. They're
1: fun. (laughs) They're the kind of friends that, like, go out and do karaoke together. And they love fun. (laughs) Yeah. They love music and just having fun. They
0: make every situation fun, including surgery. Yeah,
1: they're like the wacky friends. You just never know what these two are going to get up to. Are they just going to go kayaking one day or are they going to cut open a gargoyle's face? Like who? You never know.
0: (laughs) They're like, oh, I kayaked earlier in the day. (laughs) Now it's time for gargoyle cutting.
1: Let's go out on a midnight hike. Like, I don't know. I just have this idea. Wouldn't it be crazy? They're having fun.
0: They're having fun. They're living their best lives.
1: And as you mentioned, they're going to do the surgery right here in this room. Not a surgical suite, not an operatory. Just on this bed back here. Hop up. (laughs) And Liz, I feel like the show wants us to pay attention to the time because the camera cuts to a clock. It's 1115, which means Hudson was tested, diagnosed, and prepped for surgery in 30 minutes. (laughs) What? They're they're, uh, very efficient. Like, we all know that this has to happen in the middle of the night. According to the clock, there's plenty of time we could have stretched this out more. Yeah. Give them a couple of hours. (laughs) They got to run tests that take a minute. Maybe Dr. B's got to call her colleague and say, this is an emergency. Can you get down here? 30 minutes or the surgery is (laughs) free. Maybe they're working against time like, oh, we have to finish the surgery before he turns to stone. Nope. All before midnight.
0: (laughs) Just another night with these two.
1: These two kooks. (laughs)
0: While they're getting him ready for surgery, the Corrieman goon is being wheeled out because the cops are finally there. They're going to transport him. It's
1: about time they showed up.
0: Yeah, but not so great because the people that are waiting outside to take him are not there. She's getting no response when she's calling to be like, hey, make sure, you know, you're out front and ready hello, do you read me? And the cop cars are just utterly destroyed.
1: Yeah, they are smashed with what I'm going to guess was by electro hammers. Yeah, that's probably a good guess. And we cut back inside and the cops are looking a little worried, looking a little scared. And suddenly, zap! (laughs) She shot my lasers. Hopefully she survived. She's no gargoyle though. So maybe that went right through her gut and it severed her spine like chorth. Oh no. Yeah, well, we'll have to find out after we get back from a break. Diane, remind me to get cherry pie filling. Dude, what are you? Oh, come on, man. I told you, I don't even like David Lynch. Yeah, but you've never seen Twin Peaks. You might really like it. You never know. There is absolutely no way I'll get into that show. And I'll prove it. Okay. Uh, I'm intrigued. How? I'm going to watch every single episode and co-host a podcast where we discuss all the ways in which I can't stay in the show. Yeah, that seems counterintuitive. Uh, I hope it's funny at least. You bet your cherry pie will be. <laughs> funnier than that, I hope. Shut up. Subscribe to the Black Lodge Complaint Department on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And check us out at CalamityCast.com.
0: Oh no, is she dead? I don't think so. Okay. She's probably fine. Okay, well we're back and so are the Quarrymen, yay! Yeah. Yeah, so like the Quarrymen, I just don't understand why they're not doing anything about them.
1: Yeah, they're a full-on terrorist organization and the city is putting like no resources into stopping them.
0: Yeah, that sounds... Similar to the Proud Boys and shit like that.
1: What? No, this is fiction. Stuff like that doesn't happen in real life. <laughs> so the cops are fine. They are tied up. I don't know why this terrorist organization just didn't murder these cops, but I guess.
0: Because, you know, children's show.
1: <laughs> they're hellbent on murdering the gargoyles. In this children's show.
0: Yes, but this children's show also likes to be pro-cop a lot of the time.
1: That's fair. I mean, I don't think we should leave witnesses, but I'm not a professional terrorist, so...
0: Well, okay, the quarrymen, they're like, hey, the gargoyle is in the eye clinic. We should go check it out.
1: Yeah, you know, for murdering.
0: Because they're like, we have a bit of time before the people at the prison realize that you're missing. Come on, let's go cause some havoc.
1: Yeah, it's like, we've got time to stop by this store before the movie starts. (laughs) Let's just go quickly kill this gargoyle and we won't even miss the previews. (laughs) Okay, so at 1115, like I said earlier, Hudson went down for surgery and the- Quarry Goon was being transported, right? There was kind of a cut from one to the other. After only a few minutes, the Quarry Goon was busted out and the cops are tied up. And oh, surgery's all done. <laughs> what? What do the people that created this episode think is involved with surgery? Just a quick poke in the eye? <laughs> Or did it take several hours to walk down that hall pushing the quarrymen and then the cops got mugged? Did the quarrymen have a really tough time tying up the cops? They couldn't get the knots quite right. Like, what are we supposed to believe here? Which thing is true?
0: That time is a construct.
1: But the passage of time is real. (laughs) (laughs) Things take time. Like, there's no way surgery took five minutes or whatever. Right? Yeah. I'm
0: with you. Okay,
1: all of the eye surgeons that listen to Defenders of the Night, could you please weigh in on Twitter? How long does glaucoma surgery take? Is it five minutes? Am I way off the mark here? (laughs) Jesus
0: Christ. I see by your notes that this really was
1: bothering you. I mean, Liz, would they even have had time to anesthetize him? In this five minutes. Well, that's what I
0: was wondering, okay? Because it takes time to then, you know, wake up and come off that. But he immediately is like,
1: ready to go and fight. It takes me longer at the dentist to have the anesthetic kick in (laughs) than it took for this fucking eye surgery. (laughs) Let's move on. Yeah, because I'm going to have a stroke. (laughs) (laughs) I can
0: tell. (laughs) So the Quarrymen are looking for Hudson, but one of the doctor's Notice them on the move And so she comes scurrying back And she's like "Ah, The quarryman, the quarryman To warn Jeff and Hudson And and Jeff is all like Okay, cool Hudson, let's get back to my car somehow And Hudson's like Nah, let's get them (laughs)
1: Let's fight these dudes with electroshock hammers Yeah Jeff correctly points out that We can't see, dude
0: (laughs) Also, like, probably running around isn't best for recovery? What?
1: Why? <laughs> it's been two minutes. He's not fully recovered yet.
0: <laughs> not until he turns into stone and then wakes up again. I
1: mean, these aren't doctors that did the surgery. They're literal, actual wizards. He should be fine.
0: Mm, the okay, magic. That makes sense.
1: Remember earlier when Hudson was losing his vision and he was like, oh, no, I'm worthless. I can't be a warrior anymore. And now he's actually blind and can't see out of either eye. And he's like, let's let's fucking do it. <laughs> What? All he
0: needed was an attitude adjustment, and he figured it out.
1: And a scalpel in the fucking dome is what it took. <laughs> I don't know how glaucoma surgery works. <laughs> Do you cut it open? Do you suck some <laughs> eye goo out? I don't know. Is that what glaucoma <laughs> is? Too much eye glue? Yeah. <sighs> just painting a picture for our listeners. Like a turkey baster, they just got to get it in there and just go.
0: Well, it's a condition of increased pressure within the eyeball, causing gradual loss of sight. Hey.
1: I know how to use Google, too. I don't want to know. <laughs> how dare you? It's the pressure from all the gloop.
0: <laughs> Ew. Uh... <laughs> all right. Gloop is a gross word.
1: I glorp.
0: Okay. So they're going to fight.
1: Hudson and Jeff are going to take on this gang of goons <laughs> until backup arrives. Okay. Now, first things first, Liz, you gotta cut the lights.
0: Yeah, because they're like, if we can't see, then goddamn it, neither can they.
1: What we actually see is it being a little dim.
0: I don't know, man. The men were freaking out though. They're like, where are the, the lights? What happened to the lights? Why aren't the emergency lights kicking in? Oh my god, I can't see. <laughs> they were being very dramatic. Yeah.
1: Hey, speaking of this hospital. Why does it look abandoned?
0: Right? It's creepy as fuck.
1: It looks like this entire wing of the hospital is just dilapidated. There's
0: like weird barrels. Like why are there like weird buckets and shit laying around?
1: It's very strange.
0: (laughs) Maybe this is a part of the hospital that's under construction because I feel like every hospital ever is constantly under
1: construction. You know what? That's fair. I would not go to this hospital.
0: No, this looks like the type of hospital that was really active in like the early 1900s, maybe late 1800s, and now it's like where the local kids go to break in to like try to find ghosts.
1: You're describing a thing I've never heard of before. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so, we got to cut to the New York City skies. Where Goliath <laughs> Goliath and Angela are unsuccessfully searching for Hudson <laughs> and they get a call from Dreamboat. Goliath is wearing his little two-way communicator necklace, but Angela's got a little headset that I like. I think that's cool.
0: I think it was like, does Angela have an office job now? Like, she what? does, yeah.
1: That's the kind of headset it is exactly. <laughs>
0: She's like, oh, let me transfer you to the proper person. Bear with me just one moment. <laughs> like she's just suddenly as side gig of nighttime secretary. Yeah,
1: while she flies through the air in between beating <laughs> up bad guys, she works for a call center. She's the only one in the clan that's got a fucking job. <laughs>
0: She works for the helpline for Xanadu Industries. <laughs> she's earning her keep.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> so the call from Dreamboat. She's like, hey, remember what I said earlier about the corpsman? They were going to try and break that guy out. Turns out I was 100% right. They beat up all the cops too. Can you believe it? And if I was Goliath, I would be like, uh-huh, 100% I can believe that. We're <laughs> we're on our way.
0: And doesn't she then tell him, oh, by the way, and that's where Hudson is?
1: Yeah, because Goliath is like, ah, we can't find Hudson. This really sucks. <laughs> Like, oh, weird coincidence. Two for one. (laughs) That's where Hudson is. And slight spoilers, but I thought it was hilarious that by the time Angela and Goliath get to the hospital, shit's all taken care of. (laughs) Loved that. Don't know where Angela and Goliath were here at this point. But it takes him forever to get to Manhattan Medical. Which
0: isn't that ironic. It only took less than 30 minutes to get from Jeffrey Seaside Mansion. But wherever the fuck these two are. They're in Jersey. (laughs) So we move back to Manhattan Medical. The Cory men are still freaking out about the dark. One of them is like, well, then I'll create my own light. And pulls out his fucking lighter. (laughs)
1: He <laughs> just starts
0: lighting shit on fire. No, he
1: doesn't, Liz. He starts blasting with his laser. Oh, okay, blazer.
0: Still shooting things to make them catch on fire, which... What the fuck are in these buckets that are lining the hallway that they've just become like torches?
1: Kerosene. <laughs> it's a very important part of eye surgery is 55-gallon drums of kerosene. Oh,
0: my God.
1: And random curtains that are just strewn about. Because... <laughs> Curtains start catching fire What curtains?
0: Or in a hallway
1: There are no windows in this hallway Yet there are curtains (laughs) To give the
0: illusion Maybe there's no doors for the guest rooms There's only curtains
1: The guest rooms Liz? (laughs) The the rooms for the patients (laughs) And the rooms for the patients of course Everyone knows our guest rooms (laughs) Welcome to the hospital. Enjoy your stays.
0: I try to avoid spending time in hospitals.
1: You know, know you don't like to be a guest? You know, when I can't afford to travel, I just stay in a hospital. A little staycation in my hometown.
0: I mean, they bring you food.
1: It's just like room service. So, so Liz, because... The quarrymen are literal terrorists. The building is on fire now. Yeah. And that's Hudson and Jeff's cue. They knew that there was going to be a fire. And they're like, okay, when the fire starts is when we'll attack. And they start off by pushing a big cart at a guy. Just a cart covered in cardboard tubes. <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. They start throwing some boxes. <laughs> just Do they start making, making ghost sounds mess. too? <laughs> You don't want to kill these goggles because they are ghosts in this house. That's why it's it's a dilapidated hospital. These are the ghosts that you were talking about. It all makes sense. It's turned into an episode of fucking Scooby-Doo.
0: Yes, exactly. You know what I'm talking about.
1: We got g- 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 to get out of here. There are g- 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 ghosts.
0: <laughs> but the fires get bad enough that the sprinklers finally start doing their job, which makes things dark again, and things also start flooding.
1: Yeah, well, they start flooding in part because Hudson just reaches over and breaks a water line that he just knew was there.
0: (laughs) What the fuck is this hospital?
1: (laughs) You know, since he's blind, his hearing just is so attuned now that he could hear the water rushing through the pipes (laughs) or something. (laughs) And then Jeff, you know, being a blind fantasy writer, knows how to operate a defibrillator machine. So he gets the paddles all charged up, z- 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 zap! He drops him in the water right as Hudson flies by to snatch him, and there. Flying down this narrow hallway, and all the quarrymen are electrocuted to death.
0: I like how Hudson suddenly can fly. Yeah. Not that we haven't spent seasons upon seasons of, oh, you know, when the room is too small, there's not room to, like, run and get momentum to glide anywhere. And he's just like, ah, tiny hallway, I can't see? That's fine. We got this.
1: Well, you don't understand the desperation of not wanting to get electrocuted to death, Liz.
0: (laughs) That is fair.
1: (laughs) You will believe a gargoyle can fly. (laughs) So, all of the quarrymen are dead. That's cool. Thank God.
0: (laughs) Well, actually, they somehow managed to get outside. I don't even know. They kind of skip over this. Suddenly, we just see the goon being strapped to a uh, whatever gurney the bed thing is called gurney thank you and put into an ambulance.
1: How did the electrocuting stop, I wonder?
0: And how did the police get to said electrocuted people to save them?
1: Maybe the machine finally just shorted out. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but like you said, our weird mustachioed goon is strapped to a gurney. He's getting shoved into an ambulance. And he's ranting about the gargoyles and how there's like totally thousands of quarrymen out there, and, and we're gonna get you all. We're a very dangerous force to be reckoned with. No, you're not. You guys are all just goobers.
0: <laughs> cool. Keep giving the police more information about your illegal organization, my man. Like, what?
1: Nobody trusts you to do anything scary or like you're currently sitting at a 0% completion on killing gargoyles. You got none of them. <laughs>
0: Goliath and Angela finally decide to show up. <laughs> what happened here? Yeah. What did we miss? They
1: were in Delaware, so it took them a while to get back.
0: <laughs> so Dreamboat explains, and Hudson appears, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm blind right now, but I'm fine. But you guys might need to help get me back home. And Angela's like, oh my God, is Hudson asking for help? I'm like, okay, Angela. <laughs> And the three of them just giggle about it on the way home. They're like, oh, yeah, you know me.
1: Crazy old Hudson, always being blind.
0: <laughs> and needing help.
1: And never asking for it. Yep. Like he's the only fucking one. All of these goddamn gargoyles behave this way.
0: They're all stubborn assholes. Well,
1: Liz, that's the end of this episode of Gargoyles. Why don't we take one more quick break and come back and talk about how much we love this episode. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. In the year 2100, the Earth's cybernetically enhanced population threatened to tear down everything America held dear. Free speech, drive-through liquor stores, and guns. So many guns. After much deliberation, it was decided that, if America and its superior values were to survive the coming Robocalypse, there was only one option. Get the fuck out. The next hundred years saw the construction of Space America, the galaxy's newest and brightest star. If you value adventure, good times, and cyborg fistfights, find your place in Space America.
1: Space America. No cyborgs need apply. Subscribe to Space America on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or check out CalamityCast.com. Hey, everybody, we're back. And wasn't that a great one? I especially liked the accuracy in the hospital <laughs> Liz, what did you think of this episode?
0: It felt pretty pointless to me
1: <laughs> Why? Because Hudson being blind will never come up in the rest of the series?
0: Probably It was cool to see Jeff again, I guess But, like, nothing else made any sense Fuck you sick of the Cory men They suck
1: They do suck
0: Like, I'm not saying I want, like, the pack back or anything like that Because fuck those guys Surely there's something that's better (laughs) that
1: we could have. I think it's because they're not fun. They're just mean bad guys. There's not like a kooky element to them like the pack or early deluxe. He was this bad guy, Tony Stark, inventor, trillionaire. There is a quirkiness about these other villains, whereas the Quarrymen are just racists.
0: Right. and And I think that's why it's too real. Yeah. We have... Quarrymen in our real
1: life. Yeah, just hate crimes aren't fun. No, they're not. Like, Yeah, if, if our <laughs> listeners were unsure where we stood on that, we don't like them. Hate crimes are bad. <laughs> not pro-hate crimes. We hate hate crimes.
0: I honestly think that is actually a big part of it. Like you said, it doesn't have the interesting and quirky aspect and it does feel way too real for the 2021 hellscape that is this world. Can we like have some more shenanigans, please?
1: We need more shenanigans, yeah.
0: Do you think... Now we're going to start getting more of, like, this was the Hudson episode. We recently had the Brooklyn episode. We had the Broadway episode. Do you think it's going to be, like, focusing on individual characters per storyline? No. Because I don't always like those. Sometimes it works out, but I feel like sometimes when they're so hyper-focused on one character, like, it just kind of falls flat.
1: Yeah. Gargoyles, at its best, is a group dynamic show. Yeah. So we need some everybody all the time. Yeah. Well, I didn't like it either, Liz. And it's a shame because I do like Hudson as a character. Me too. And it's not that him experiencing this physical trauma isn't a bad idea for a show, but his behavior felt wrong. His lashing out didn't always make sense. And I guess like some of that could be true to life, but it didn't feel true to the character.
0: I'd agree with that.
1: So, I mentioned it earlier, Liz, but what do you think? A constantly stoned Hudson. Good idea or great idea?
0: Great idea.
1: That would really throw a wrench in the kind of interpersonal relationships of the gargoyles. The next time we saw Hudson... Just for some reason, he's wearing, like, a fish tie-dye shirt. <laughs> We're stereotyping a little bit here because it's the 90s. He's got, like, the round sunglasses, the John Lennon glasses. <laughs> and he's got a hemp bracelet on. Just fucking smoking a bowl. I don't know. I want that to happen. That'd
0: be amazing. And we should make that happen.
1: I want some <laughs> fan art. I want someone to draw me that. <laughs> he's wearing fucking corduroy pants that are, like, bell-bottomy and frayed at the end because he keeps walking on them. Backs with his stupid sandals,
0: <laughs> oh, and he gave up his sword because he's a pacifist now.
1: Yeah, and he's got devil sticks instead. <laughs> All right, I'm describing a, a just a stereotype from a '90s teen comedy. Now
0: <laughs> he has a hacky sack.
1: <laughs> yep, he's got to have a hacky sack. Every time they fly from one building to the next, he pulls it out. And he's like, "You guys want a sack? Is that what they call it? I don't know." <laughs> I think that's what the quarrymen do. They sack.
0: <laughs> Put their balls out.
1: But yeah. That's... That. Yep. <laughs> Liz, do you think the doctor's name was Cornelia because it kind of sounds like cornea?
0: I do now. Which is
1: a part of the eye. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have any good conversation-provoking questions because this episode didn't give me much. That's fair. So, you know, we're at the end. And because we're at the end, we'd like to thank our pal Goyles, near and far, for listening to this week's episode of Defenders of the Night. And we'd also like to thank Ian, the tightest end, McGowan, for composing our interstitial music. Thanks, buddy. Mm -hmm. Check him out on Instagram and Twitter at easy underscore breezy underscore mac and listen to more of his music at gooddeedmusic.bandcamp.com or sweetgumstl.bandcamp.com.
0: If you want to talk gargoyles or the 1989 classic comedy, See No Evil, Hear No Evil.
1: Remember that movie?
0: No. Use the hashtag gargoyles on Twitter where we're at CalamityCast. I'm at Zerkinator and Daniels at underscore DS Williams. On Instagram we're at CalamityCast Network, I'm at El and Daniels at underscore DS Williams. Find us on Facebook at CalamityCast, email us at Calamitycast Network at gmail.com and visit calamitycast.com to check out more of our shows.
1: If you want to support Defenders of the Night and the entire Calamity Cast family, head to patreon.com slash calamitycast. You send us a dollar a month and we'll keep shouting in the microphones. For one-time contributions, you can always use paypal.me slash calamitycast. For our merch, head to our website. Click the shop link at the top of the page and spend your way to happiness.
0: We'll be back next week with Season 3, Episode 7 of Gargoyles and an episode of Defenders of the Night that only ever wants to smell like old leather and concrete from here on out. We should sell that shit.
1: That'd be a great perfume. Bye! This has been a Calamity Cast production. For more content, visit CalamityCast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.